Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Today's cast is going to be a very special one as we look at women in horror. Yes, this February marks the 10th annual Women in Horror Month, which is a fantastic event, and I'll provide you with more details on that a little bit later on in the podcast. However, so often the horror industry has been associated with and dominated by men. The goriness, the violence, and the nudity all scream masculinity. But we are overlooking a few important details, most notably that in horror movies, it is always the girl that survives the attacks, outlasting all the men. It's about time we acknowledge the women in the industry, be it a world-famous actress like Jamie Lee Curtis or somebody at the grassroots level like my guest today, Kristen Zaza. There's a name you may have heard me mention before on the cast. She's a writer, actor, podcaster, performer in general. Her storytelling style podcast, On a Dark, Cold Night, just posted its 51st episode. So without further ado, here is Kristen Zaza. Kristen, how's it going today? It's going pretty well. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. So, as I've mentioned already... Uh, Kristen is a podcaster, writer, actor, all sorts of fun stuff in the entertainment field. And being the Women's Month of Horror or Women in Horror Month, I thought it would be a good time to get an interview out. So, Kristen, tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, First of all, thanks so much for uh, wanting to do this. This is awesome. Um, Yeah, I'm... uh, I guess I'll start with my background. Um, my background, like you said, was in was in uh, performance, uh, specifically acting, and and a lot of classical music as well. And um, I kept trying to, oddly enough, get into voice acting, which is such a hard uh, game um, around these parts and probably everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but. Uh, basically, after a bunch of years of that, I came back to writing, which uh, I, I think I, I delved into more when I was, you know, in uh, late high school, early uh, undergrad. And uh, I got a microphone for Christmas in uh, 2017. And I just sort of decided to start this podcast that I, I didn't even know at the time was audio drama. I didn't even know anything about that world. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to try writing stories and I've always loved horror and, uh, oddly enough, a a podcast seemed to be the great way to take the the best way to take everything that I do, which is, you know, performing, writing, composing, um, and put it all into this one project, which, uh, I has felt really good. (laughs) So yeah, that's 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 me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, tell us about your podcast. Yeah, uh, so it's called On a Dark Cold Night, and 
it's um I've heard a lot of different phrases used for it, but in my own words, uh, I call it a bedtime ghost story podcast because I, uh, I've always dealt with things like insomnia and sleep paralysis and just anything dreadful to do with sleeping (laughs) I've dealt with. Um, and obviously things like, you know, sleeping with the TV on or, uh, you know, having something going in the background is not a great solution. So I wanted to sort of create something for people like me who also love, uh, all things spooky. Um, so yeah, I, I write a new story every week and, um, for the most part, they're standalone pieces. They're all told from the, the character. Well, most of them are told from the character of, um, the narrator who I created and have been developing over the last year through these stories and some of them every now and then there is a story that uh, deals with what's going on with with her in a sort of cryptic um yeah the strange through line with all these stories so it's it's sort of an anthology but there's also a a recurring plot awesome so you said you write all these do you write them weekly do you write in batches you do like five episodes at once and just kind of record as needed or how does that work what's your process oh man i write them weekly Weekly, which um perhaps is more evident certain weeks than others um (laughs) but it it was uh also sort of a challenge to myself to just be consistently writing Mm -hmm. um and since each episode is about uh anywhere between I think the shortest one is maybe around 17 minutes and the longest one is around 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they sort of float in that range and, uh, writing that much every week is, yeah. um, it's a challenge, but it's also not terribly unattainable. So it's a good, yeah, I, I, like I found a good amount for me. I'm not writing a 45 minute to an hour episode a week, which I think right. would just be, <laughs> a little bit too much to to take yeah, especially um, since it's like all dialogue there's no actions for the fillers no, like no yeah script. well and i try not i actually try to avoid dialogue i try to um keep it as much of uh Monologue, you know in in a yeah in yeah, a fairy tale structure a storytelling mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's a lot of effort right there because um, it's between 17 and anywhere to like what 30 minutes is that your longest episode yeah, yeah. around there that's that's good what like six thousand words maybe a little bit more um i would say i fl- less than that actually maybe really? just because it's um a relaxing it's podcast so i speak kind of slowly right um usually they're around i would say between two thousand and four thousand words right but that's also including um, like plugs and thank yous and <laughs> right, right. everything. So that, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy. Which, copy and paste. which I do script because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, whatever. Don't forget anything. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no, because uh, when I did the more structured podcast on my end here, I would write out these scripts I try to get 20 minutes out of. Um, but uh, they ended up being like 5,000 words. I guess I was talking way too fast. So I know where you're coming from. I'm like, that's a lot of work to put mm-hmm. to, the, to the 20 minute podcast or audio drama in your case. Um, 
But you did mention you have a performing background. Um, and, you know, this is kind of a great step into the uh, world of voice acting. It's a good portfolio piece, if nothing else, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I haven't, I, again, oddly enough, I, I've sort of been out of that world. I do the occasional play now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't even been thinking of the podcast in terms of like a, a show, a voice reel or anything, which I've had in the past, you know, mm-hmm. I've done the whole voice reel thing and gone in for a few auditions, but it's, uh, it's a very competitive um, feel. Yeah. And a very tight knit circle Oh I yeah, think, because, uh, you know, it's not exactly the kind of thing where, I don't know, maybe this will sound um, callous, but people don't age out, you know, like right. you can, you can, once you're in, you're in for yeah. a long time. Especially so I think good. getting in is hard. Yeah. It, it, it's like that with any uh, sort of media industry is unless somebody dies, new positions <laughs> open up. Yeah. <laughs> as sad as that is. Um, and yeah. So when you started doing this and you mentioned, uh, you know, like you're a fan of horror. What about mm-hmm. what? What kind of inspires you to bring in? You know, the horror elements into this. Why didn't you do a more traditional, you know, like detective style uh, audio drama? Why did you lean towards kind of the way you did with the spooky sport storytelling and uh, the somberness? Mm. Um. Well, first of all, I was I was. Uh talking with a friend recently who was like, is it technically horror? Like, is it just kind of creepy or what do you, and I, I see that point because, um, I have some rules for myself. Like I, I don't get too gory ever or, um, too scary or anything like that. Like it's not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. um, or anything like that because a, uh, I, I do want it to be relaxing. Like mm-hmm. I said, so I'm trying to find the the world that that lives there between, you know, being right. creeped out and falling asleep. <laughs> um, but also that's my personal taste. Uh, I'm not, I do consider myself to be a huge horror fan. Most of my, you know, DVD collection is, you know, that genre and all of my uh, taste in literature is, but um, it's never, like I said, I've never been into slashers or, anything like that. I'm, I'm, uh, pretty open with the fact that Gothic horror, supernatural horror is, uh, is my jam. Cool. Um, and I, I think I was just thinking about the writing and before I started, I was thinking like, you know, what do I want to write about every week and what are my favorite, you know, what are my favorite novels or collections of stories? And, um, you know, my taste has always been, uh, like Weathering Heights is one of my favorite novels or The Haunting of Hill House. Um, anything Shirley Jackson, Angela Carter, Anne Rice. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe. Right. You know, that's the world that my imagination, I guess, stays in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could write about it forever, I think. Right. Um, and really, it's the only fiction that I take in, at least now that I'm out of, you know, once, once you're out of school and you have to pick your own books, I know that sounds so silly, but like, 
I'm like, no, I know what, where my heart goes to, you know, I'm not interested. I'm very particular with, with uh, what I, what I take in. Like I kind of get made fun of by, you know, like my partner or my mom or my friends when they want to go see a movie. And I'm like, I really am not interested in most things. (laughs) Like my interests are very narrow and I, I like creepy things. I like beautiful things. I like old things. And that's kind of, that's kind of it. (laughs) Hey, I mean, everybody's got their own tastes and you're you're right about the school thing. You go, you know, starting in high school, they assign you books. Uh, I mean, before that too, but those don't count like goosebumps. Who gives a shit? Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, they assign you these things and that's kind of where you feel out where you like things or what you like. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when you become an adult, you're like, Oh no, nobody's guiding me. What do I do? Yeah. So you walk around like a, a chapters or an indigo. That's a Canadian bookstore. Uh, and you go, that looks like it might be interesting. You spend five minutes reading it and you gamble. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and you did mention, uh, things like Poe and Anne Rice and it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Cause I was thinking to myself, you know, like if Edgar Allan Poe did a podcast, it would be yours. Oh, <laughs> that's like, extremely flattering. Thank like you. The, the atmosphere that you kind of bring into the every episode and your writing style and the certain tone and uh, creakiness, I guess you could say, that you add to your voice really adds to like the storytelling, the campfire, if you want to call it that, sharing mm. of spooky tales. And, you know, it's it's a really fun listen. And... I try to listen to it at work because work is boring. (laughs) And I'm like, you're right. And some of the, uh, I guess, reviews are saying, you know, it's a great thing to fall asleep to. I do find myself being like, this is very relaxing. I can't listen to it at work. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if that's, I hope that's a compliment. It's meant to be one. Um, Absolutely. That's how it started. I mean, I I did have some people, I feel like I need to like speak in my... (laughs) podcast voice for your mm-hmm. listeners to get the idea but like you, you get the idea um, go, go for it you can excerpt <laughs> from uh, your latest episode your 51st which is quite a milestone so congratulations on oh, that oh thank you um, no i just meant like speak in the creepy voice yeah. um <laughs> but um oh what was i saying i lost my thing now train of thought there that's all right oh when i started out yeah mm-hmm. i i wanted it to be a bedtime podcast. Right. Um, cause I'd listened to a few where the idea was either over, you know, meditation or just rambling, mm-hmm. um, which is very easy to fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess I was like, at the same time, I want to like, like I want people to listen to it and then feel like, okay, now I can go to sleep after it. Or if you fall asleep in the middle of it, that's fine too. Most people say they give it one listen when they're trying to go to sleep and another when they're awake so that they get the, the end of it, you know, of the story. Mm -hmm. But, um, some people have said like that it, it actually does scare them because everybody's threshold for fear and horror is different. Absolutely. Um, so some people are like, no, I'm way too scared. Like I have to listen to it with all the lights on, (laughs) you know, which that's a compliment. Yeah. Um, and some people are like, I listen to it on my drive to work, so I better not fall asleep. (laughs) So, Really, I think whatever you get out of it is worth it, you know? Like, I loved The Adventure Zone, but I need to listen to it, like, 
I needed to listen to it a few times to actually understand what was going on. Because um, for me, I just like, like I said, I have trouble falling asleep or, you know, when I'm alone, like just to feel less nervous, I like putting a podcast on just because mm-hmm. it's, it's comforting to hear people's voices. And that's what I used that podcast for. I just found that the McElroy brothers were so affable that I was like, I just want to hear them chattering about something. But right. I wanted to go back and actually listen to what the hell was going on on that show and, mm-hmm. and not just use it for that purpose. But, you know, whatever you you use it for, hey, like as long as you're listening, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's kind of a an artist thing, right? Like you, you have your own purpose for making something and then whatever people get out of it is what they get out of it. And that's as somebody who's written books and does a podcast, whatever you get out of it, I'm okay with that, whether that's the intended purpose or not. I assume you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, uh, I mean, that's the nature of, yeah art like you said if you get too hung up on how people are are receiving it you're gonna drive yourself crazy yeah and then it doesn't become art anymore it becomes like a a science right like no no two plus two has to equal four Mm -hmm. what if they want it to equal five yeah right that's why you go to art because you think i don't want this structure i want something I can interpret and, and take for my own. That's why I think people get very defensive about their favorite books or movies because it's personal to them. They get something out of it that somebody else doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm for sure one of those people, mm-hmm. like, especially with books. Um, like I said, The Haunting of Hill House is one of my favorite books that everybody's like, oh, you must love the Netflix series. And I'm like, I'm afraid to watch it. Like, not not because I'm afraid to watch right, it. Because they might because, it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I feel like I'm just going to be screaming at the TV and people are going to be angry at me. And like, whoever I'm watching it with mm-hmm. is going to, you know, go nuts. And I just, uh, I mean, like, I probably will one day and I'm going to have to tell myself to be okay with it. Right. But, it happens. It happens. Nice. And yeah. I mean, the show is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I've been told. Yeah. It has a couple. <laughs> I, I should definitely watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, if you can distance yourself from it, like uh, the, the original, you know, literature from it, and then watch it kind of open minded, you'll probably enjoy it like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the issue with going from books to movies or books to TV shows or whatever. If you read the original material, you're probably going to hate the uh, interpretive version. Yeah, but I've had some instances, like one of my favorite things to, things in general is uh, Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, like the original, well, actually I started with the, the remake from, I think it was 91. Right. And, uh, oh, I loved it. It's so cheesy and, <laughs> and ridiculous, but I loved it. And I went back to watch some of the original soap opera and it's like disastrous in a lot of ways, but it's also really fun. Yeah. And then Tim Burton's remake again, disastrous in a lot of ways, but really fun. And I'm actually the first to like defend it a little, even though I absolutely should not Right. for a number of reasons. Like it's, it's a mess of a film, but like, I'm the first one to be like, no, just give it a chance. It's like, <laughs> You'll have a good time. Yeah, it's like The Room. You know, it's bad, yeah. it's awful, but you can enjoy it because it's so bad and awful. And I feel like 
you know, sometimes Tommy Wiseau gets so upset because people think it's hilarious, but he's also enjoying his fame. And I want to be like, just, shouldn't you just be happy that people love it? Right. Yeah. For what it is. I don't know. But then again, if, uh, if, yeah, I say that, but then I imagine if people did that to my podcast, I'd be. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's hard to put yourself in that position because you can always turn around and play the card. Oh, I meant to do it that way. (laughs) And then go cry in the shower for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think anybody's going to have that issue with, uh, with your cast there. It seems to be quite popular. The reviews are obviously through the roof. I don't think I've seen anything less than a five star on any platform. Um, Oh, thank you. I don't, I don't think I've seen anything less than five. I found a, a four somewhere. Did you like delete it and scream at the person? No, well, it was just a rating. It wasn't a review. Oh, they didn't so even I'm give like, the review. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> for a second, I found myself, you know, being like, oh, who did it? What's wrong? Like, what's wrong with it? Right. And then I thought, okay, four is good, and so good, yeah. let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, someone one day is gonna give it a one, and I'm just gonna have to, you know. And that's not their cup of tea. Uh, you're not going to win everybody. You know, oh, no. That's, and that's the like, first thing you have to acknowledge as an artist, which I'm sure you're well aware of. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. And, and like as an actor, there are some people who n- never read reviews mm-hmm. as a rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one of those people. I think maybe I should be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, that whole like, millennial please validate me (laughs) please validate everything i do thing for sure seeps in yeah um but at the end of the day you're right you just have to be like not everyone is gonna like what i'm doing and that's okay it they shouldn't you know like i would hope not everybody liked it because it's it is quite a niche thing you know yeah i don't know but then again you you know those people probably aren't looking for a (laughs) ghost story audio drama podcast and which is a very niche thing like you said mm-hmm. so yeah i mean the fact that the people who have found it do enjoy it is pretty much all you can ask for yeah yeah i'm uh, i was very surprised and pleased when um sort of i, I started seeing positive feedback over the last year mm-hmm. uh i didn't really expect I didn't start it with any expectations, to be honest. I kind of was like, I want to do this. Um, it'll be like a fun thing to try out. Maybe some of my friends will listen. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, I've seen people that I don't know come out and be like, oh, I, I really like this. Uh, yeah, I really quickly started taking myself more seriously, mm-hmm. um, which sounds... Like, you know, I, I'm, this year I'm trying to go into this, not, not in a self-centered way, but I think at a, at a certain point you have to learn, and especially um, for women in horror, mm-hmm. bringing it back to women in horror yeah, month, yeah. like, um, you know, you have to be loud and you have to be your own biggest fan, right? Like I would, I used to downplay it for a long time be like, yeah, it's just this thing I'm trying. It's not for everyone. Right. You know? And then, uh, somebody told, uh, yeah, somebody told me like, don't talk about it like that. You know, <laughs> like you love it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I was thinking about how 
if I'm willing to go up to people and be like, oh, you have to like, you have to read The Haunting of Hill House. Like it's the best, you know? Right. And do that with other people's work. Why would I not want to do that about my own work? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It does take a certain uh, sycophantic nature in order to be a, I guess, a, a self-made artist or writer or whatever uh, performer. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm a guy in horror and I'm very much like how you said you were like, people are like, Oh, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, nothing. (laughs) I don't think any of my friends know about this podcast. It's a weird (laughs) thing, right? Because people see you as one way. Yes. I think, especially with podcasts Mm -hmm. because it's, you can, you know, it's your voice. Um, you don't have to put your face, your face out there, however much you want to, or don't want to. Mm -hmm. Not that that matters because you're still going to just reach the people you reach. Exactly. But like, um, that's the weird thing. I had a fear myself of like showing that side of me to people. Mm-hmm. And when people like coworkers or family members would be like, Oh, I listened to your podcast. Like I would freak out. <laughs> like, no, it's yeah. such a, like, it's such an intimate thing. Exactly. And sometimes you have to share that with the closest people to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of just been like, yeah, I, I made myself try to get over that because if for nothing else, like who I, I you know, I, I want more listeners. Um, but yeah, maybe people, you know, I guess people deserve to know that side of you too. Yeah. And it, but it's up to you to share that. If you don't want to share that, you don't have to. Um, oh, absolutely. Said, absolutely. Yeah. If, if you want to get the word out, then yeah, you got to tell people. Um, and generally generally uh your friends will be your biggest supporters they'll tell you you know i shared this with the people at work or i told other people about it stuff like that um which is scary Mm -hmm. because it's it's one thing for another person on the internet to find your stuff and either like it or not like it but when it's a friend or a family member and then they you have to see them (laughs) like on a regular basis or something like they're gonna think of you differently because you do a horror podcast or because you write about this or you take photographs of that, are they going to think differently about you? Because like you said, uh, people have a preceived, preceived, preconceived, whatever, one of those words, notions of who you are based on your relationship. Yeah. And you tell them you do something like this and they're like, I had no idea you're not the same person to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. For me, it's that um, my way of navigating the world in reality is like through humor and being really silly and clumsy and, and here, most of my friends kind of know me like that <laughs> and i'm like that's actually not how i feel yeah. at all yeah. like i have no interest in comedy right right <laughs> um i don't know yeah i totally get you uh, it's it's a it's a weird feeling being a a creative person. Because, yeah. Cause, sorry. No, go on. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I was just thinking about like, you have to take down your defense mechanisms mm-hmm. to, to create, I think good, honest art, whatever your art is, you know, if it is comedy and that's how you express yourself, then that's great. Um, in my case, you know what I mean? It's the other way around. Right. Um, just like how some of the most serious people I think are the best comedians. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you have to break down those barriers uh, 
to create something that I think really resonates with people. Yeah. And in your case, um, like comedy is more socially accepted form of communication, right? (laughs) You you don't walk into a a store and be like, the end is not. (laughs) I could though. You could (laughs) could try it. But then you'd be like, you're not allowed back here. Please don't ever come back. (laughs) So it's, it's a fine line. But, you know, also a lot of the, the, I guess, funniest people, like you said, are super serious. Like Stephen King and Dean Koontz are funny as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've ever read any of their blogs or website, they're really witty, smart, clever people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah that's interesting what you said about uh, comedy being a more socially acceptable way to be which is um absolutely true and i think uh yeah something interesting that i guess i've struggled with and i'm sure you have too being a horror fan and podcaster and photographer um is that uh if people don't get horror Mm -hmm. then i think they think something of you that's like yeah couldn't be farther from the truth like we're not they assume you go bathe in blood and kill babies on weekends or something. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, some people, yeah. <laughs> it's like, literally, we'll, we'll be like, so what, you're into, like, <laughs> gross things? And I'm just like, no, actually, like, it's, a, it's quite a vast genre. And yeah. I think the people who love it are some of the warmest people you'll ever meet. Absolutely. I mean, like, um, well, you were at Horema, and did you meet any assholes there? I don't think so. No. I'm going <laughs> going through my <laughs> my experience. No, I didn't. Most of the vendors um, were super friendly and a little uh, introverted at times. But for the most part, if you made the effort, they were super willing to talk and chat and stuff. And I think that's the thing is is when you spend your life growing up, you know, liking something that not a lot of people around you like, mm-hmm. um, when you find that community, it's so great. Yes. And I think that's why people are so like, we didn't see any assholes there because, uh, we're just so happy to be around each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sounds very (laughs) kumbaya when I say it like that, but that's how how it feels for me. Yeah. It's a, an accepted circle Mm -hmm. Like in your everyday life. As we've said, you don't really talk about horror with your friends unless your friends are into that, but, or, Mostly like acquaintances. You wouldn't go to like a work colleague and be like, oh, I watched this great, you know, slasher flick or whatever it was on the weekend because you're not sure if they're into the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's socially unacceptable to, you know, like serial killers or murders or anything like that. Yeah. Well, something um, I've been loving uh, your podcast, um, specifically going through the different... uh, demons and demonology um that's always something that like i've been super fascinated with is uh both demonology and angelology and everything to do with with that Mm -hmm. you know i i think it's such an interesting mythology and and i was raised catholic um and you don't get into that stuff you know like Mm -hmm. and and if you are i think people think it's you know what I mean? Like it, it's really taboo. 
taboo. Like, yeah. why are you so interested in this? And it's like, I'm not a Satanist, mom. <laughs> like, yeah. so to be like, I'm not becoming a Satanist. I'm not saying I'm going to summon a demon. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just that if, like, it for me, it was in the same way. I used to be so obsessed with um, Greek mythology or Roman mythology, Norse mythology, all kinds of mythologies. And then when I learned there was this whole mythology in Christianity that they never taught me yeah i was like that's fascinating exactly is that not a in itself like a i don't know it's it's a good i don't want to say an in but like (laughs) i don't know well i mean since you were raised uh, catholic kind of going back to the interview style um what are your what does your family kind of think of your your podcast you ever rub elbows the wrong way with anybody because of it um they love it okay which is great i mean they've known for a long time that like um i really love dark things and creepy things and you know what i have to say um yeah so i mean i wouldn't call myself a practicing catholic now and and uh my my i mean i definitely wouldn't call myself a practicing catholic now but my family is also not like my immediate family is not super religious. Right. Um, some in my extended family are. So, you know, I never had to butt heads with anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm grateful for. Uh, I do have some people in my, like I said, in my extended circle who are very Catholic and who do not want anything horror related in their life mm-hmm. um, because they just, to them, it's just evil. Right. And it's just like, we just block off that element of media, you know, mm-hmm. um, like it doesn't exist. And to me, I'm like, that's so you're, you're cutting out so many wonderful things, yeah. so many wonderful books and films, but that's fine. if that's, you know, that's their decision but in my own family. Um, like I started reading Anne Rice when I was like 12 <laughs> which is way too young. <laughs> a little bit too young, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't have any censorship in my life. Like, right. I fell asleep with the TV on since I was little. Like, I had, you know, I could watch whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I remember I rented Interview with the Vampire at the movie store first when I was like 12 or 11. And I was right. like, ma'am, can I get this? And she's she, like, cruising she's like, pity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom is a cinephile and like never discouraged me from watching anything I wanted to watch or reading anything I wanted to read, which I appreciate. And when I started getting really into Gothic horror, she was the first to like, be like, I bought you this shirt. It has a skull on it. I thought (laughs) it seemed like you. I'm like, well, I don't actually want to like wear skulls, (laughs) but it was nice that, you know, she was just happy that I was interested in something, Right. you know? That's good. Um, so my father was a film score composer who um, sort of established his career composing music for horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is fairly established in the horror community. Okay. Um, but he doesn't really love movies in general. So he doesn't watch a lot of horror movies or take in a lot of horror. That being said, he wouldn't possibly be able to judge me for <laughs> getting into horror. Right. Um, you know, 
when he like composed the score for prom night and my bloody Valentine, you know, I can't really, yeah. What's he going to say about <laughs> me having a career in horror? Right. Um, so yeah, they really like the podcast coming back to the present tense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they really enjoy it. They, uh, they, they told everyone else in the family to listen to it, which is really nice. So, um, we had a family event recently and, um, the amount of aunts and uncles who came up to me and were like, I listened to your podcast. It was great. <laughs> Scary for me. Cause I'm like, no, again, like, uh, I don't want you to know that side of me, but thank you so much for listening. Yeah. No, um, again. so it, yeah, I've, I've been very lucky in that way. That's good. Yeah. Support systems always integral to anybody. Um, and like you said, uh, with us being sort of that millennials, millennial age, I guess is criticism's tough. For some yeah. reason, we don't like it. I accept it. I think it's a good way to improve. So long as it's not like, you suck, stop doing it. Um, yeah. If people they say, I don't like it, and they have a reason, perfect. If they say, I don't like it, why? I don't know. I just don't. Then I don't find that like a valid criticism. I just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and sometimes it's hit or miss, I guess, I find with uh, with family and friends whether they're honest with you or not mm-hmm. you know like i never get my wife's opinion on any creative stuff i do because she's gonna say oh i love it even uh, though she probably doesn't <laughs> <laughs> well you know um it's interesting because yeah my my boyfriend uh he does like the podcast a lot but there's certain episodes uh like the through line episode he gets very or episodes the any ones that are named after a tarot card or, you know, inspired by, which is a little hard to fish out. It's more in the advertising, Mm -hmm. but um, there are a series of episodes about the narrator herself. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I think those are my least favorite because I'm confused. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, but that's the point. (laughs) And I get into that and like, you don't get it because you don't like poetry. (laughs) I'll I'll argue it a little bit. He didn't leave. (laughs) um but i also sort of take comfort in the fact that it's like that's the side of him that hates this movie that i really love Mm -hmm. you know like we have very different taste in most things um like literature and film and things like that in tv so i'm like it makes sense that you know he wouldn't like some of those and and uh I've encountered some people who have the exact opposite opinion, who really love the through line episodes right. and are not so much about the, you know, the, the one-offs. So I kind of take that the same way. You know, I try to take like the four star review, like just says, all right, that's fine. Right. Or anybody who, yeah, doesn't love it. And like we said, you're going to come across people who just, it's not their cup of tea. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah right? Yeah. Do you, um, have you had any issues being a horror fan with, you know, within your own family or anything like that? Um, no, not really. Uh, again, like I'm very closed off in my inner circle about this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've written a couple of books. Nobody in my family's read them. Um, and when I found out my mother-in-law 
bought one of them, I'm like, oh no. She's gonna tell me to divorce her daughter now. <laughs> like it's like some of the stuff in there, like I know is really messed up. Um in terms of imagery, especially. Yeah. Uh, and but uh yeah, no, I, I've never they don't know. Uh, and if they know, they don't mention it. Um like I don't know if anybody's ever listened to this podcast in my family. Uh, pretty much every listen I've got has been from some person on the internet uh, that I've never met. Although I've had some conversations with people, which are which are nice. You get to meet some people through this. Um, but yeah, no, no, I guess backlash is the word. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, that's, um, that's dead. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, uh, we've talked about your podcast a whole lot, but uh, we never mentioned where people can find it. So, plug away. <laughs> you can find it at my website, which is kristenzaza.com slash podcast, which is the best URL anyone could come up with, I think. Um, it does the it trick. All. Sorry? It does the trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you can go to my website. Um, you can also find it pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, fo- uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you right. can find it. Right. Um, yeah. Although the most helpful would be radio public, mm-hmm. uh, as a part of their paid listens program, every listen there, you get a, um, a small amount that goes towards you and it's free to use. I sound like I'm a walking ad for them. I just think it's a great idea. So <laughs> I legitimately just like them as a as a host or provider, as a host. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that'd be helpful. But yeah, awesome. that's that. Uh, any other social media? I, I know you've got a Patreon. Feel free to plug that. Oh, yeah. Um, so my Patreon page is, uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. And uh, I just started a thing, the I think, over a month ago where... I had a few people asking um, if a soundtrack was going to come out. So I just uh, made it available to any Patreon donors. So uh, for any amount a month, you can have access to the soundtrack. Um, Yeah, which was cool and exciting. And uh, I also have a coffee page uh, if you just want to donate one time and... um, and aren't interested in the soundtrack, you can go to ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And also, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at a darkcoldnight, Instagram at darkcoldnightpodcast, or on my Facebook page. Awesome. You mentioned the soundtrack. I know I thought this was going to wrap up, but uh, do you do the soundtrack yourself? Yes. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, thank you. It's um, <laughs> I wish it sounded a little bit you know, I would like it to sound a little bit better because uh, I do everything, I, I guess the word would be acoustically, like I don't have a MIDI controller at the right. time or anything. So everything is just me recording, me playing the guitar. It right. used to be me playing the piano, but I don't have a piano anymore. <laughs> um, so now I'm just like, okay, got to get better at the guitar. And um, yeah, so uh that's that it's it's tricky um doing it that way and my goal is to you know eventually get a midi controller to to take to do the music more uh, digitally and you know 
little crisper sort that, of thing. But it, the uh, the acoustic side of it really adds to the atmosphere, I must say, because it, it's just that type of tone that goes with mm. the rest of the podcast. Well, thank you. I, I have thought about that. I have thought about, like, if if I did, you know, do it all through GarageBand or whatever and mm-hmm. edit it into this digital sound, if that would take away from it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure yet, but yeah, one day I'll, I'll find out, I suppose. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Thank the you. musical element is, it's super important in any audio thing. Uh, cause uh, have you ever watched a horror movie without <laughs> the soundtrack? It's just like a bunch of people running. Yeah. Scary. Um, so yeah, it adds a lot of atmosphere, and the fact that you can do it yourself is amazing. Uh, that's something I've never been able to do, so I'm super jealous. Oh well, thank you very much. It's um some weeks because usually I I do try to have, you know, I, I think there's maybe only one episode without a musical element, just because there was so much um, like vocal editing and stuff, and mm-hmm. and it just didn't suit that one episode. But when I do it every week, um it's it's hard like usually it's not very long there's like one or two minutes of 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 something whether it's an actual song or just something atmospheric um but one one week recently i you know like i wrote a little song and put it in and then i was like this is very similar to one that i wrote like (laughs) six months ago but uh i i do it the same way that i write the the stories you know i do it all I record the podcast and then I'm like, okay, better come up with some music. And then I record some music. You know, it's not like I sit there composing for hours. Right. So, um, sometimes it, it feels kind of, uh, the writing and the composing is kind of stream of consciousness, I guess is how I like to think of it. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you find it effective. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end. It's been 45 minutes. That's a good mm-hmm. time. So I want to thank you again for coming on, um, you know, sharing your story and your process and just kind of shooting the breeze for a little while. So uh, Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. You're more than welcome. Uh, is, is there anything more you want to add? Uh, feel free. Hmm. I think that's it. Pretty much covers it. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. All righty. So again, that was Kristen Zaza, and you can find her podcast at kristenzaza.com slash podcast. Pretty soon. <laughs> so once again, I would like to thank Kristen for coming out and uh, spending some of her time talking with me and letting us know what it's like to be a woman in the horror sort of industry. If you are interested in the month that is Women in Horror, you can absolutely check it out at womeninhorrormonth.com. They have a bunch of great different resources, different events, a whole bunch of news featuring women in horror. And the sad truth is that, unfortunately, many of these spectacular, very talented women are overlooked in the industry. It's such a shame, but hopefully the Women in Horror Month website and the cause can help bring some of that talent to the forefront and have them more recognized in the field. Once again, that's womeninhorrormonth.com. Now, of course, if you do want to find out more about me and what I do, 
check out horrorshots.com or any social media platform such as Instagram at Horrorshots Photography, Twitter at Horrorshots Pod, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash horrorshots. Of course, if you do like the episode, feel free to leave a review. They're very much appreciated, and I love reading what you guys have to say. I don't care if it's a one, two, three, four, five star. Let me know what you think. I'm always looking to improve, and I can't do that unless you tell me how. But of course, if you think it's perfect, <laughs> leave a five star. So until next week, where I may continue my look at death again, or maybe I'll feature another woman in horror, depending on who I can find and who would let me talk to them for you know half an hour or so. Until then. <laughs>